The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Daniel Kane. We talk about Catholic education and human dimensions of life in college. At Aquinas, in the ed department, we talk a lot about forming the whole person. There are physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs that have to be met. Um, and I feel like with our current approach to education broadly in the United States, I feel like it fails. This week on Belonging, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. We're a show that provides guidance to young adults as they journey through life and continue to grow in their faith. Father Javon, the chaplain at University Catholic, joins us each week. And my name is Zach Jansen. I'm a 24-year-old living in Middle Tennessee and here to go through life with you. Uh, our guest this week is Mr. Daniel Kane, a student at Aquinas College here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he's looking sharp here in the studio. Daniel, good to have you on the show today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what brought you to Nashville exactly. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and we lived there for a couple of years. And then in uh, 2006, we uh, moved up to central New York uh, to help take care of my grandparents. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents are originally from there. And so I pretty much spent uh, my formative years up in New York, um, yeah. went to high school there. Well, and how did, how did Nashville come to a drawing for, especially Aquinas College, a Catholic school? Mm -hmm. um, well, my dad travels for work. Um, he travels around hospitals and inspects uh, imaging equipment, so x-rays, MRIs, things like that. So he's been coming to Nashville since uh, the late 90s. So he's really seen the city, you know, grow and explode. And yeah. I want to say it was 2012. He was going to take a trip down here, and in the summer, he likes to see if we want to go with him. And so I came down here uh, in 2012 and was really blown away um, because it was the first time I'd been back to the South. I always wanted to return back here. I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. And I went to the cathedral and was blown away, went to St. Mary's Bookstore and spent too much money. That usually hooks them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's all you need, cathedral and St. Mary's Bookstore. Shout out St. Mary's. Indeed. Yeah, you can get some... Sponsorship. <laughs> if you were talking about, you know, get some Catholic stuff, go yeah. to Samira's bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. And then shortly after that, Dominican sisters actually came to my high school in New York. Um, they preached a retreat. And so my high school and the college kind of set up a relationship together. So I, I always knew about Aquinas. Mm -hmm. After high school, um, I decided not to go to college immediately. Really? Uh, you took a break? Yeah, yeah, I took some years off wow. and worked. Yeah, I worked in a warehouse, actually, um, in the shipping department, just moving, like, heavy 
diesel parts and things like that. Is it, did, did it feel um, monotonous, I guess? Oh, just, it was terrible. Okay. <laughs> what was terrible about it? Just the qu- scope of work? Um, the work itself was fine. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't using my brain at all. And I've kind of always been a nerd and um, liked learning new things and things yeah. like that. So it was very, it was really hard. I was just kind of like, man, I need to get out of here. Even though there was nothing then, wrong, like you, you could have stayed like, like those men, but you, you knew in your heart that you were ready to, to get mm-hmm. out. Yeah, but I needed to get out, and I couldn't really see myself raising a family or anything mm-hmm. up there. And then I heard that in Tennessee, there's no state income tax. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, sir. And <laughs> as somebody from New York, that sounded like Shangri-La. <laughs> um, moving down here, I figured out that they just jack up the sales tax, but (laughs) they got to get you somehow. Was kind of praying and reflecting on what the Lord wanted me to do. And I just kept thinking about um, all the great teachers that I had in my life. Mm -hmm. I was really blessed um, to have tremendous male teachers in high school, um, which unfortunately nowadays there's a need for. And so I thought, well, you know, why not get back to um, the system that helped me become the man that I am. And I believe strongly in Catholic education. And my parents have been involved in Catholic ed pretty much our whole lives, Mm -hmm. Um, typically on like the fundraising school board side, not so much on the education side. Um, And so I was like, well, at Aquinas, that's pretty much all they do. Mm -hmm. So they must be pretty good at it. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad still had a relationship with some of the sisters. Um, So, and so I knew of some of them. Yeah. Also, being that I was older than your typical freshman, I mm-hmm. didn't really want to live in a dorm. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to the moment when they told me how many students were there. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I was like, okay, I know formally there's no housing, yeah. um, but can you, is there any way you can help me out? And they're like, oh, well, there's this other boy who comes here, if with your permission, we can give him your email and your contact information. And then um, my dad got done with work at St. Thomas. And he was like, well, let's go pray a holy hour of Thanksgiving, because this has been um, both good for my business and, you know, good for you. And I was like, yeah, okay. You have a and good dad to do that. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I have wonderful parents. I've been really blessed. We go to the Perpetual Adoration Chapel at Aquinas. Which is beautiful. Which yeah. is gorgeous. I absolutely love it. You know, we prayed an hour, got up and left, and then somebody follows us out. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then as we're walking out, I hear behind me, hey, are you Dan? <laughs> <laughs> and I turn, and there's this kid there. And I'm like, are you Pat? Yes. Are you Pat? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man. Hey, man. Yeah, hey, man. And then we just got to talking, and we got dinner that night. Um, The next day, I was still in town, so he took me to the Frasati house. And, um, yeah, then that uh, that was in the summer. And then that January, I moved down to Nashville. Jeez, that's that's pretty incredible hearing your whole testimony. You mentioned briefly, I want to touch on this before we kind of keep moving forward, your desire to give back Mm -hmm. is to teach. Is that your ultimate goal, you think? As far when you mean when you say giving back in Catholic education, or yeah. I, I just want to touch on this for a second because mm-hmm. we we talked about it a few with oh Courtney Courtney uh, I remember, Paige, Paige Soto. Well, I just remember how she talked about after the show 
the accessibility of Catholic education. And I know you talked about this with, with local Middle Tennessee high schools. Uh, do either of you, I don't know if you want to take it anyway, have any thoughts on Catholic education, I guess especially at the high school level, what the ac- accessibility is like? and Like in terms of cost? I guess or, it's cost uh, is, what I'm, is that what yeah. I'm thinking at right now? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that happened was in the past with so many vocations, you know, both on the uh, priesthood and religious life, the Catholic school was really easy to run because, you know, the nuns would cost pretty much nothing. They're you know. free, basically. Huh. No, Not we, free, yeah, but... Yeah, um, like we pay you, you know, feed you and you teach, you know. Wow. But then with the crisis in the 60s and 70s of vocation, that kind of affect a lot of Catholic education. So now it's not the nuns anymore. And I mean, nuns and priests were highly educated. You know, now we have to, you know, give that position to the lay people that have not been, you know, because yes, they are good math teachers, they are good, you know, history or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, English teachers, but then they lack, in a sense, the formation of, you know, the seminary formation or, or the religious life formation that, you know, and I think that's, you know, we have to understand that when you go to a Catholic school, it's not about only the academics, mm-hmm. you know, but it's the faith, how you build up your faith mm-hmm. to make sure that people, you know, live their faith. But, wow, that's powerful. Because I didn't think, I didn't experience that at all, at least in the high school, with with having religious life in, in administrative positions or teaching. Uh, it was just, we had one deacon I guess interesting to just think about the cost of it. I don't know. Is it is it out of reach for a lot of people? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Um, so typically what my experience has been is that there's really um, kind of two types of Catholic schools. There's ones that are private schools with a theology program. <laughs> um, so they typically cost a lot, are much more prestigious. So that creates a high barrier to entry. For most people, unfortunately. But then you have, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have like new Catholic schools that are typically very, very poor. What what makes them that way poor? uh, Just in the sense that it's hard to get a school running. It's hard to establish a student base uh, to convince people to go to your school. And when you're a new school, not necessarily proven, you can't ask for the same amount of money that a more prestigious Catholic school could. I was educated in the latter of the two. Mm. Um, the school I went to, um, Tyburn Academy in Auburn, New York, was only 20 years old. Um, it was an independent Catholic school. So that's um, young, 20. Yeah. 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 Us being an independent Catholic school, we weren't connected to any parish. So we didn't receive any money from any churches. I think we got a, a very small stipend, something like a couple hundred dollars, which is a drop in the bucket for education. You know, when when you tell people you go to a Catholic school, people generally have, you know, certain stereotypes in mind of what that is like. However, that's not necessarily always the case, particularly with uh, newer, fresher schools. And also, it it was a change that occurred, I want to say around the 50s or the 60s, where there was this trend of instead of having Catholic schools where Catholics were educated and formed. The belief was that Catholics should be in public schools, making them more holy. While that's an interesting idea, I think what they didn't foresee was the shift that the culture was going to take completely away from religion and taking prayer out of schools and things like that. 
Wow. Yeah, and I remember, you know, when some kids would come to Father Ryan from public school, you know, they were like, oh, my gosh, we start the day praying, you know. Yeah. Or you pray before meals, and they're like, oh, this is this is something. Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's, it's interesting because it's how do we form a person, a whole person, you right. know. You know, you can't just form, oh, like you said, there are some schools, there are private schools with some kind of theology department there that, yeah. you know, they make the kids go through this religion, yeah. this last theolo theolo theological studies, whatever. But it's like, it's it's everything else. You know, mm -hmm. it's the all-school masses. It's mm -hmm. praying before the games. is all that stuff that need to be there that form people who they are created to be. Mm. Right. And that's the, I think, the big distinction between a Catholic school and um, other schools is that in the Catholic school, you are told that you are a chosen son of God or daughter of God and that you are made in his image and likeness. And so that, number one, communicates love and communicates your worth and value. And then number two, it holds you to a higher standard when you're... It, when you're being disciplined in the school, there's this added moral component, which instead of like, don't do this because it's bad, you can say like, look, bullying is a problem because you're degrading the other person wow. who's also created in the image and likeness of God. And so it adds this whole other dimension. At Aquinas, in the ed department, we talk a lot about forming the whole person. And Thomistic anthropology comes into that a little bit. Because while St. Thomas never talked about education, he did talk about the human person extensively. And so going off of that and our understanding of the human person and that there are physical needs that must be met by the school, emotional needs that must mm -hmm. be met, and spiritual needs that have to be met. Um, and I feel like with our current approach to education broadly in the United States, I feel like it fails to meet those, all of those criteria. This, yeah, this morning I was with uh, Bishop Spalding at St. Cecilia Academy, and he had mass for the all-school retreat, and it was pretty interesting that he was saying, like, you young women, you are to be the difference. If you are in a room and you just want more and you are not the difference, you shouldn't be here because you are called to be the difference. Whatever you receive here in this place, this holy place, it's up to you to take this away from you and be the difference in the world. You know, and I think that's kind of where you go to your Catholic school is, yeah, you have, you know what is right and wrong. And you know, like Dan was saying, it's not that you do, you don't do what is wrong because it's just bad. But it is a more of it, you know, you don't cheat because, hey, this is not good. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, it goes beyond it. Just don't do this because this is, you know, Natural law said that it's wrong. Right. Yes, it is wrong. But why don't we, you know, that's by doing this, you're not being the person that God created you to be. Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest parts of the Catholic school is um, the, in the instruction that the truth isn't just facts that we learn. Mm -hmm. The truth is a person. The truth wow. is Jesus Christ. You know, as he says in John, I am the way, the truth and the light. Jesus is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you're able to communicate that very intimately because when we speak of knowing the truth, we don't just, we don't mean that you can recite these facts and do well on your SAT. We mean that you've had a personal encounter with our Lord 
That's that, what makes the whole difference. Oh, yeah. And, and it adds such a deep dimension to what you're teaching because you're not just teaching to the test or teaching what the state requires. You're trying to form and, you know, mold that human person into what God is calling them to be. Wow. Well, you speak earlier just for like a brief moment on, on the, is it Thomistic? Thomistic. Thomistic uh, uh, approach, mm-hmm. which kind of leads me in the next thing I want to talk about um, is we loved your article in the Tennessee Register and, and reading about what you're doing at UCAT. We've had mm-hmm. so many students coming through here from Vanderbilt and Belmont and the focused missionaries telling all the testimonies from what that program has done and, and Father too, what he's doing there. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about your role at UCAT right now mm-hmm. and uh, what you mean Thomistic and what, yeah. what, how that applies to it. Um, well, currently, um, I have the privilege of being the co-head of University Catholic's intellectual dimension. It sounds much loftier <laughs> than it actually is. Yeah. That's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, we provide talks and resources to help the intellectual formation of um, our fellow brothers and sisters in UCAT. So the way the way the, the dimensions work is, you know, coming from uh, the seminary formation, we have four uh, dimensions that for it used to be called pillars, now are called dimensions, that any human being is formed. So we, it's spiritual, academic, human. Spiritual, I always have prior. Spiritual, spiritual apostolic, hi, apostolic, human, human intellectual. intellectual. So on those four dimensions, if you work on those four dimensions, you will make that person what God created them to be. You know, so human formation, how you as a human being, you know, like how are you formed, you know, how you treat people, how you, uh, you know, relate with other people, intellectual formation, you need to know stuff, you know, and, and a lot of times in the in the years of college, like, oh, I'm just going to be intellectual. Like, yeah, but you need the other three to help you with that. Because you can be really, you know, book smart, but then the other ones is spiritual formation. Hey. We are creating the image of God, so we need to reconnect with him. Mm. Apostolic formation, how can I serve my brothers and sisters? So all those four dimensions help the person to be what God created them to be. And then Dan is a co-head of the um, intellectual dimension. Mm-hmm. So, so that's just that's just four years that you work on that, but that's got to be a lifetime. Oh, that's for the rest of, of, of your of life, your, absolutely. Forever. Yeah, that's not something that you do. You're always yeah, going to do. You just maybe introduce to it at that time, mm-hmm. but then think, I'm, I got to take this with me wherever I go. Yeah, and it, you know, and you when you get married, you know, that's what you're going to work on. You know, how is your intellect? How is your, you know, your human? How is your uh, apostolic? And then when you have kids, you know, how are you going to help your kids to work, grow on that stuff? So it's not something that is. And that's why University Catholic, and it's it's pretty cool to be at University Catholic because all the people who came before me did these smart things, and I just get the credit for that, so it's <laughs> awesome. But, you know, that's kind of how it's really good to have those four dimensions. And if you really go through them, it's like, yeah, that's, you know, that helps us. You know, it's like for human dimension, we have parties, you know, we have, you know, dinners, we have stuff that's like, yeah, this is going to form you as a human being, you know. And sometimes we have a Thursday night guys uh, night and it's just like kind of forming the people, you know, forming people. Wow. And so where are you at in, in, in intellectual? Is it what are, you, what are some of your things part of your life? Me and my fellow co-head, uh, Roman. Uh, we're working on uh, presenting talks on the church fathers mm. um, specifically. And a major resource, at least that I'm drawing from, is uh, Pope Benedict XVI and his Wednesday audience 
did homilies on the church fathers. And so we're drawing from that. And what our goal is to uh, explain the life and some of the works that a, a particular church father did. But then also, how does that impact our lives today? Why is this important? Because I think it's very important that people have something very concrete that they can walk away with. Um, the UCAP mission statement is uh, propose Jesus Christ and form his disciples. The uh, intellectual dimension kind of falls in that latter category. For example, we just gave our first event uh, was on St. Justin Martyr and his first apology. And so uh, the big takeaway I had in my study of him before we gave the presentation was that St. Justin wasn't afraid of where his sources came from. He sought the truth. So he would draw from Plato, and he would draw from the Stoics. And he said that anywhere where the truth is, the Lord is there, and that that is the jurisdiction of the church. Um, because, again, the truth is a person. You know, it's not just like, oh, they got this correct. Uh, it was St. Justin's belief that they were tapping in to a certain extent of our Lord without knowing him. And he kind of viewed philosophy as the bedrock of theology, which has a huge impact nowadays because you communicate theology through philosophy. In uh, seminary formation and religious life formation, you begin with philosophy and then go on to theology. Just kind of introducing that to my fellow students, you know, well presented, yeah. I think is very important. I don't know. I find the beauty and the balance of it all, like you said, and all four pillars of it, I guess, is dimensions. dimensions. Yeah, it's, it's not just one that you're not just sitting there uh, praying rosaries all day or stuck in the church, or you're mm -hmm. not just sitting there learning and reading books, but you're you're being human. Like we, we, yeah, you know, and I think that's that that's the whole thing. You have to know that it's you. And a lot of times we tend to compromise everything. Oh, this is the you know like, they can't oh, blend. Yeah, yeah, when I was like, okay, in my religion, you know, my spiritual life, I'm really good, you know. But then when it comes to academic, ooh, you know, like how are you going to do this? Are you going to be so we can't really we divide in a sense to study we divide in a sense to but it's you you know it's not like oh zach your intellectual part you know yeah or zach your you know no you are you are a person as a whole so how, how are you gonna and you know how you intellectually form your spiritual how you spiritually form your human how your humans inform your apostolic so it's it's who you are mm. you know you can't say oh no i'm just you know i'm here just to study and that's you know <laughs> no you you know you actually <laughs> It's part of being a human being. You have to socialize with people. You have to eat. You have to, you know, use the bathroom. You have to take a shower. So it's like that's part, you know, like sometimes like, dude, you stink. Go take a shower. <laughs> you know, that that's part of the formation. That's part of the, yeah, it's not like just, oh, you know, like in a seminary, it's like, oh, I'm just here for the religious part or I'm just here for the economic. No. You know, a good seminary or a good human being have to be, you know, be able to go through all those four uh, you know, pillars or dimensions in mm. to be who God created them to be. I like he related it to all vocations too, like not only that seminary and where you're at now, and then also in marriage and, and teaching your children too. Um, if I may ask, does, I may, how, may I ask how old you are, Daniel, just out of curiosity? Um, I'm going to turn 22. Okay, so uh, he, are you halfway through college right now? Are you towards the end? Uh, no, I uh, just started my you, sophomore year. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow, so you're just kind of really getting involved, and may I ask, where do you see yourself going in the next, just just continuing your, your place at Aquinas and and at UCAT being involved? Yeah, definitely. Um, then why did you go to UCAT? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I originally 
uh, came to UCAT to find a girlfriend. Um, but yeah. Then, but then I was in the clutches of Jesus Christ and <laughs> couldn't escape. That's romantic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of people go, though, I think, huh? To find. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of fu- very much full of myself when mm-hmm. I first moved down here. I, I'd been kind of burned out by a lot of youth ministry stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, I don't want to be part of your mm-hmm. Catholic club. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's what it you is. know, I can do my own thing. But do you see a change in yourself from where you were? Oh, yeah. yeah. Even a year, two years ago, where, mm-hmm. where you were today? Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, through a lot of just kind of humbling moments and also just the incredible love that the community gave me and also me kind of realizing that you can't live your faith alone anywhere, even at Aquinas college, Mm. you can't do it. And also just like slowly coming out into the community. And then the big thing that like really made me want to commit to it was when the pandemic broke out, because I, I just remember having this distinct moment where I was laying in my bed. Vanderbilt had just closed uh, Belmont was about to close. Mm-hmm. Aquinas's spring break started the next day, and we assumed that you know we were gonna close. And I was laying in my bed, just staring at the ceiling, and I was like, "Wow, if I tell people I moved to Nashville January of 2020, how are they gonna <laughs> react?" You know, because we had just gone through the tornadoes, COVID was starting, and I was like, "Wow, this is gonna be like a clear line of demarcation." between like before and after and then going back home back to new york and having everything shut down every single thing and doing college work in my basement (laughs) you know on a video chat i just kept thinking about all the days that i missed daily mass how easy it was to go to adoration how readily available confession was how easy it was to get spiritual direction and I was like, I'm not going to have this feeling ever again. Wow. Um, I'm not going to look back on my college life and go, wow, it would have been so easy to be holy. Why wasn't I? Mm. Moving back that next fall, I was like, okay, nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> you know, I need to arrange my schedule a certain way and I need to set time aside for homework. But I really kind of bought into the ministry, just coupled with the awakening retreat. I was not a fan of when I went on it. I <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it. I was just kind of jaded. I was like, oh, this is just a youth group retreat. Like, But then we went in adoration, and uh, the Lord just kind of broke me down <laughs> for two and a half hours. Was that, yeah, was that, that one was the big one. Okay, yeah, that yeah. was the long one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, there's... There's people in this community that legitimately love me. Wow. Um, which was kind of shocking to me because I was like, they don't know me. But like literally, they don't know who I am. Wow. But they still love me and they're still welcoming me. And I kind of had this prejudice against kids who went to Vanderbilt and, you know, Belmont kids. I was just kind of like, oh, they're a bunch of music nerds. And <laughs> um, all the Vanderbilt kids are up. Including you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but these people that in my mind were just like jocks and rich kids actually cared about me and had their own struggles and didn't pretend that their life was perfect and were very open. 
just seeing how much they cared about each other, even though they didn't go to the same college, even though they didn't share a major, even though some of them had conflicting majors. It was really very beautiful Jeez. and really kind of drew me in a lot. That's absolutely incredible, your testimony. Well, defining those people who, who, who love you and care about you, even when they, when they don't know you, like, like you said. Uh, Daniel, thank you for being a guest on the show today and for sharing your testimony, your witness to the faith. Glad to be here. Thank today. you. And uh, thank you to Father Javon, too, for all your insight, just providing for all, for all you do for University Catholic. I don't, I don't think we can say thank you enough for, for that service that you do for so many uh, college students and everyone that you're helping out and thank you to Jim Chandler who does a lot for our show to, to videotape and then be a great help and remember you can find our show wherever you get your podcast by searching belonging for young Catholic adults we hope you felt connected to what you heard today uh, as we talked about uh, just Catholic education uh, the dimensions of, of life in, in college the spiritual ap- apostolic intellectual and human dimensions but my name is Zach Chanson Thank you for listening to Belonging on WBOU Nashville Catholic Radio.